WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The EPA has notified Dwajak residents the local water system has exceeded the federal action level for lead. Dwajak City Manager Kevin Anderson tells us the testing of samples taken in 2022 show the system's lead level is 17 parts per billion, while the federal action level is 15 parts per billion. He says, however, the water being pumped out of the water plant does not contain lead, nor does the water being pumped around city water mains. The lead found in last year's samples was the result of service lines from the municipal system to homes. This means not all residents are affected. What we are doing is offering for all of the residents, whether they're in an apartment or whether they're in a house, a filter for their home so that they can filter for that. So if there's any questions or concerns about their house, they're able to do that. Anderson says the city is working with residents who are concerned as it replaces lead service lines. It's been an ongoing project, as it has in many communities around Michigan. We want to be able to get into people's homes and be able to look and see what that service lead is coming in and connecting to the meter. And we can also let people know if they have lead in their house, too. An action level exceedance means that more than 10% of the homes tested have results over 15 parts per billion of lead. An exceedance triggers additional actions, including educational outreach to customers, increased sampling, and service line replacements. Anderson tells any concerned residents to call City Hall. A new invasive plant has been found in Berrien Springs. Michigan Department of Natural Resources Invasive Species Coordinator Joanne Foreman tells us hydrilla was discovered in two ponds on private property. Hydrilla is kind of like a ropey stem plant that usually is attached in the water on a riverbed or on the bottom of a pond. It's usually attached by roots and then it grows up really tall. It can branch out. Foreman says hydrilla can be a problem because it can take over a water body. It has to be fought with herbicides. She notes it's been a problem in other areas of the country, but this is the first time it's been found in Michigan. In the south, there's a smattering of hydrilla all the way across from Delaware to California. Go up to the Atlantic states, you're going to see a whole bunch in that area too. Foreman says the two ponds hydrilla has been found in are connected, and they also connect to the St. Joseph River via a five-mile stream. The DNR is looking for more signs of the plant. It's believed the invasive plant wound up in the ponds via some ornamental vegetation planted near them a few years ago. Anyone who thinks they may have seen hydrilla is asked to take a picture and report it to the DNR. We have the address to do so at our website. A dedication ceremony for the new River Valley Elementary School will be held this month. The River Valley School District says they'll officially mark the opening of River Valley Elementary on October 16th, and the whole community is invited. The dedication will feature student performances and presentations, remarks from River Valley School District staff, the Board of Education, and community partners, as well as a formal plaque presentation. The elementary wing of the campus will be open for guests to tour from 5.30 to 6 p.m. with tours of the newly remodeled sections of the middle and high school offered after the ceremony. River Valley School District Board of Education President David Whitlow says the district's proud to give its youngest learners a new building. He notes the project also involved renovations at the middle and high school, new HVAC systems, and a new fire alarm system. The media center was relocated and a new sound system was added to the gym. The dedication will start at 6 p.m. October 16th in the River Valley Elementary School multi-purpose room in Three Oaks. Federal law could soon change so that local marijuana businesses can use banking services. Because cannabis is still illegal under federal law, most banks are unwilling to let Michigan's marijuana businesses use banking services. 
Daniel Paul, a spokesperson for local retailer Nobo in Benton Harbor, says that's a problem. We run in a business that we can't have access to all of the channels of the financial marketplace. So as the retail stores, we can't take credit cards. We don't do well with debit cards. We're hamstrung. So it's an all-cash business. Last week, the U.S. Senate Banking Committee approved changes that would hold banks and other financial institutions harmless for doing business with legitimate cannabis dealers. Paul says that's good news. I think we're getting closer to it. Um, but we're all, again, we're always very concerned about really, really will it go forward. Those in favor of the change say current law stifles the growth of state-authorized marijuana businesses and forces them to operate exclusively in cash, raising concerns about public safety and tax collection. The bill still has to be considered by the full Senate and the House and also be signed by the president. 25,000 UAW members are currently on strike, and officials don't see it ending anytime soon. Auto analyst John McElroy says the automakers believe they're introducing fair offers to the striking workers. Automakers claim that they've provided historic uh, raises all across the board in, in many different areas. And they're accusing, Ford is accusing the union of now holding the battery plants hostage. GM is saying that these strikes are unnecessary, that Sean Fain just wants to keep dragging these things out. McElroy says there was a leaked memo from a little over a week ago from the head of the UAW Communications. He says it talked about keeping the companies wounded for months and causing operational chaos. If your phone goes off with an emergency alert this Wednesday, don't panic. It's only a test. The Van Buren County Sheriff's Department says the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the FCC are planning a nationwide emergency alert test for 2.20 p.m. this Wednesday. The agencies are testing wireless emergency alerts in the emergency alert system. The wireless alerts will go to phones, and the message sent will either, either be in Spanish or English, depending on the settings of the device. The EAS test will go to radio and TV stations. FEMA and the FCC are coordinating with EAS participants, wireless providers, emergency managers, and others in preparation for the national test. Again, that'll be at 2.20 p.m. this Wednesday. The federal government passed the last-second spending bill to avoid a shutdown Saturday night. However, it's only a temporary measure. President Biden has signed a bill that funds the government for only 45 more days. Michigan News Network business editor Murray Feldman says there are already contingency plans in place in case no long-term agreement is met. All federal agencies already have their own plans in place for a shutdown, how to shut their operations down. We're told it'll take place gradually through the following week. That takes us into Thanksgiving week, and so a shutdown could severely impact holiday travel, air travel. Air traffic controllers and TSA officers will be asked to uh, work without pay. In the past, that's brought higher levels of absenteeism. The new deadline for Congress to approve a spending bill will be November 17th. And trees across West Michigan will soon be draped in color. And what better way to enjoy them with a, than with a drive down a local road? The County Road Association of Michigan has worked with the state's 83 county road agencies to develop a list of the best county roads in the state for fall color, and this year's list is out now. The association says peak viewing conditions for West Michigan are expected from October 9th to the 23rd. In southwest Michigan, it says the best roads to drive if you want to see fall colors are Blue Star Highway along Lake Michigan from Van Buren County to Berrien County, Red Arrow Highway from Stevensville to New Buffalo, and Madron Lake Road in Buchanan. The peak fall color times in the UP are happening right now in case you want to go on a little road trip. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. 
U.S. officials say the United States has about $6 billion left in military funding for Ukraine. That's as President Vladimir Zelensky recently visited Congress, lobbying for more support. ABC's Ike Agiochi has more from Washington. There's about $5.4 billion left for the U.S. to provide weapons and other military equipment to Ukraine from existing American stocks, according to an official. In addition, there's about $1.6 billion left from the over $25 billion Congress had previously allocated to replenish those American stocks. The official also said there's no money left to provide for Ukraine's humanitarian, budgetary, or economic needs. The official says the next announcement of U.S. military aid for Ukraine will come as early as this week. Ike Ajachi, ABC News, Washington. One of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's harshest critics plans to make good on his threat to remove the California Republican from his leadership post. Representative Matt Gates says he'll use a procedural tool called a motion to vacate to try to strip McCarthy of his office as soon as this week. That comes after McCarthy relied on Democrats to provide the necessary votes to fund the government this weekend. The resolution at hand is a rare and strong procedural tool that's only been used twice in the past century. However, in recent years, conservatives have wielded the motion as a weapon against their leaders. Meanwhile, as Matt Gates continues his threats to attempt to oust McCarthy, accusing the Speaker of striking a secret side deal with the President on continued aid for Ukraine, the White House press secretary did not elaborate if such a deal is in place during a press briefing today. More from Karen Travers. President Biden said Sunday that he and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy just made a deal about Ukraine funding, which was not included in the short-term bill to avert a government shutdown. But today the White House would not say what the president meant, and Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre wouldn't confirm there was any new deal, even as she said at one point there was, quote, bipartisan support for this deal. The speaker was on TV yesterday, on television yesterday, uh, showing and speaking to the commitment that he has made to the Ukrainian people. And he said yesterday, I support being able to make sure Ukraine has the weapons that they need. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Former President Donald Trump has sat through hours of sometimes testy opening statements in a fraud lawsuit that could cost him control of some of his most prized properties. As he left court during a lunch break today, he called it a disgraceful trial. Democratic New York Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit accuses the ex-Republican uh, president and his company of deceiving banks, insurers, and others by lying about his wealth and financial statements. And Trump's attorney, Alina Habba, said the trial's opening statements today that Trump's holdings are, quote, Mona Lisa properties that can command top dollar. The judge already has ruled Trump committed fraud in his business dealings. If the ruling is upheld on appeal, it could force Trump to give up several New York properties. More from maybe she's Liz, Olivia Rubin. Trump's attorney, uh, you know, after their openings were done, was sort of pleading with the judge, moving forward uh, in the rest of the case after summary judgment, sort of imploring him to still listen to the evidence and give the defendants an opportunity to put on their case and not rush to judgments because there, as he said, there are different ways to value properties. And it was at that moment that the judge said, you know, you can put on an expert witness, but that's not evidence. That's just expert opinion. And you could see at that moment, the former president sort of sitting back in his chair, throwing up his hands a little bit, frustrated with what the judge was saying. Two scientists have won the Nobel Prize in medicine for discoveries that enabled the creation of mRNA vaccines against COVID-19 that could be used to develop other shots in the future. Hungarian-American Katalin Kariko and American Drew Weissman were cited for contributing vaccine development during what the panel that awarded the prize called one of the greatest threats to human health in modern times. The panel said the pair changed, quote, our understanding of how mRNA interacts with our immune system. Simply injecting lab-grown mRNA into the body triggered an inflammatory reaction that usually destroyed it. Carico and Weissman figured out a modification to the building blocks of RNA that made it stealthy enough to slip past those immune defenses.
And it was 33 years ago today that life improved for several million Americans with disabilities. ABC's Andy Field tells us President Biden celebrated the anniversary of a landmark anti-discrimination law and said there's more work to do. President Biden praising the Americans with Disabilities Act signed more than three decades ago but saying it did not solve everything. Disabled Americans are still three times less likely to have a job. They're often earned less for the exact work someone else is doing is not disabled. The president also saying many disabled Americans can't vote or commute to work or school, and that he's working on rules to make that easier. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington.